0: Tom, what is your favorite unspeakably bad summer camp mess hall food? Actually, my first
3: introduction into hot sauce was Tabasco hot sauce. And I just put it over everything. And then I realized I grew up and Tabasco is pretty terrible.
0: Tabasco, bug juice, commercial carrots. I will take all of it over anything you'd serve me on a party boat.
3: Oh, Kelsey shout out. Okay. Okay.
0: This is Hack Your Knives. I'm Kevin Arnovitz. And I'm Tom Haberstroh. And Mina Kimes is with us this week. Mina Kimes of ESPN Daily. You know her from Pardon the Interruption. You know her from uh, Highly Questionable or Highly quarantine. Mina, this is my favorite Top Chef week of the year. Welcome.
4: Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited.
0: The reason Mina is such a great guest is... She gets the show fundamentally. She, she might be one of 11 people who kind of understand what we're trying to do here. And, and that affirmation is just the warm glow of my spring. And so I, I'm just I'm very excited.
4: Well, look, I the only thing I don't get is you guys always go to the NBA references. Russ, I go to the NFL references, right? We were texting about who is Gregory the Steph Curry. And I was like, no, he's the Ravens. And then I felt a little bit of a disconnect. But otherwise, I think we're on the same page. <laughs>
3: All right, well, let's just go. Why, why is he the Ravens? Give me, give me the football analogy. Because he's
4: so dominant, and he should win it all, and I am so terrified he's going to choke in the finale. And I really don't want that to happen because he's been my dude. I mean, you know, you know how much I love Eric, and Melissa is my girl, but Gregory's been my guy from the beginning. And he's been, like, his run this season, continuing with the episode we're about to talk about, has been remarkable.
3: He's got win, middle, middle, high, win, middle, high. Win win high, that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> ridiculous. That's
3: so good. Like, were the Ravens ever that good? Like that. Good?
4: No, just last season. Uh, yeah, no, no. I, I would say I'm just comparing the 2019 okay. season where they were super dominant. Oh. And, and it really, it's more of an expression of my own concerns. Like, I will be incredibly disappointed if he doesn't win at this point.
0: I will too. By the way, Tom, he deserves it. And I'm not a front runner normally. You know me. Um, I, I will be disappointed. It will be very 2016
3: Warriors if he loses in the finals. I mean, it goes 73 and nine or whatever it is, and then just blow it um, at the end. And maybe he gets an injury. Maybe he gets an early injury that he can't come back from. And that's why I say Steph is like he's so much better um, than he was doubted. You know, coming into coming into Top Chef, I don't think people knew him as this as this protege. And then he comes in and, and loses at the last minute in his season Mm. and then comes in and just mowing people down um, one by one. So um, look, look, Gregory is awesome. He was my number one pick. And I understand that Nina, you also have a fantasy league going. Can you give us kind of the rundown of how that works?
4: Yeah, my friends have one. I don't know how it works at all. The point system. It's very complicated. Um, It's not a draft. It's like a week. You pick the season winner, the weekly winner, who's going home every week, and there's some sort of elaborate system. But I have picked Gregory as the season winner since the first week, and I think you're rewarded for that at the end of the season, how long you been picking them. <laughs> I was really high on him, like I said, Gregory, Eric, Melissa from the beginning. Very sad that Eric's gone,
2: yeah. but
4: uh, still feeling pretty good about it. I- I've been picking Gregory and Melissa consistently the whole time.
0: Um, Tom, I have two broad notes about this week before we kind of get into it. Um, The first is I feel like this was finally the long overdue Voltaggio week because Mm. it kind of encompassed all the Voltaggio in his Voltaggio-ness. Like he has this (laughs) great quick fire dish that – does not honor the challenge whatsoever. So he gets dinged for it. He doesn't seem to care. Not in kind of an arrogant, defiant way. He's just going to cook his food and there's like one bean in there. And so he can check the box and he's going to do what gonna do. It not even one nothing. bean. It was, was like a- he's a marinade of the juice in the can be. Yeah. But then he somehow elevates the the grossest pantry in the history of Top Chef mm-hmm. to culinary art. And so we got the full voltage. I want yeah. to talk about that, but I want to also talk about something that Mina and I were, were texting about offline, which is, and, and I feel badly because I this is going to be my second wholesale critique of the show in the last two weeks. And as you know, I love Top Chef, and I think I think these people are wizards how they do it year in and year out. But you know, Mina and I were both talking about how it's a little too late in the season for a deprivation challenge. Like I know there's virtue mm-hmm. into turning mess hall cafeteria ingredients into something passable but i feel like you've got these tremendously talented chefs in a tremendously rich culinary city on the best competition show on television could you not sentence them to a prison farm <laughs> pantry like 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 you know if if we have to watch
3: melissa put mm. together a romaine salad with a trash fruit like grapefruit I don't
0: want to hey, any- hey, hey hey My ruby reds are doing me very well. My ruby stars are doing me well this cycle. I can't
3: even get down any gr- any grapefruit. It's just too tart. I like my I can't I can't do it. So God. Um that salad. That ever the the salad it was, it was salad chopped romaine with seen. what? It was a a, a vinaigrette and some rom- uh, some grapefruit Mint. slices. It, it, that's,
4: that's like the, the salad, depressing. you know at, at JFK where you can sit down and order in the table and it's like an $18 salad. That's what that salad <laughs> reminded me of um this is very outcome based right because i hated the challenge for what you just described the fact that it happened now if melissa had been eliminated i would have taken to the streets yes uh but the outcome you know leanne it, it kind of felt like her time was up anyway so ultimately it was copacetic but man i was ready to be upset
3: look but you can do a deprivation you can do one deprivation but two that's mm. when I'm out. So the, t- yeah. the double whammy of A, you're going to be in a mess hall and B, you're only going to have like shitty ingredients. That was right. that was over the top. If you're going to yeah. do one thing where it's like, hey, you're going to have mess hall ingredients, um, but we're going to have like a, a real legit dining room or a kitchen, then that's OK. But when you do the double whammy and then one of the chefs straight up doesn't even have
0: a serving station, mm. I- I'm like, what are we doing here? Um, is this a good time to call, talk about malarkey? Because I have another confession to make. I'm really taking to malarkey all of a sudden. I don't recall. <laughs> a thousand I like, I do not recall a season when I have done a full 180 on a contestant ever. I have found, I went from thinking this was the most insufferable top chef of all time to totally loving, like, I love the way he amuses Padma, first of all, like it's so (laughs) clearly she's so clearly amused by him. And I am so amused by her amusement. Um, And then like even when he got screwed this weekend, by the way, I thought he had a case, but was like rather than be a total dick about it. After the competition, he waits till the end. He's like, what happened here? He says his piece and then he gets self-deprecating. You guys are being mean like he kind Mm of you know what? I kind of like him in the clubhouse. He's a good clubhouse guy all of a sudden.
4: I'm with you. I'm totally with you, and it was that moment where he's he after they uh, had Judge's table, and he was sitting with them, and he said, "You guys weren't being nice to me." Like I, I loved that, right? And, and the prior was it Restaurant Wars when he had the confrontation. Him and Leanne versus Karen and Kevin, right? It was in the...
3: Yeah, when they stole the, uh, the plate When they were shopping.
4: Yeah, yeah, he was totally good-natured and nice about it. I think it, he's been immensely entertaining. He does not deserve to be Final Three, and I, maybe I'll change my tune then. But as a character on this show, I have enjoyed him a lot.
0: How much were we informed, Tom, by the fact that we learned that he's worth $100 million? Wait, okay, we got to do some d- due diligence on this. We okay. have to. Last week,
3: Mina, Joe Flan season 15, Um, Joe's the man. And he goes, guys, you have to understand all these top chefs this season don't need to be there. They've already got restaurants. They're already worth a ton of money. I mean, and he goes, I mean, Brian Malarkey, I just looked this up. He's worth a hundred million dollars. So like, what is he doing here?
4: Okay. And is we it had like to One stop. of those things is where it like you Net Google it. Com? Yeah, I know right, right, networth.com right, right. and they're like, you know, Kevin Arnovitz is worth like $300,000 and you're like, what did you even get that number?
3: Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm assuming is going on here is that Joe Flam, uh, just somehow Googled Brian Malarkey to get some bio information and he got to networth.net <laughs> and found that I have no idea where he got that All from, right. but multiple people, Probably two. When I say multiple, it's two people on Twitter wrote back to the Pack Your Knives Twitter feed and said, like, that's actually just
0: false. OK. Well, we're going to have – right, so, Mina, you and I, like, we, we've we done some forensics business reporting. This is actually now a project during quarantine. Um, but apparently, you know, he has opened, according to his bio or the Ve- – I'm sorry, the Vail Food and Wine Festival, uh, 15 wildly successful restaurants across the U.S., So um, wildly did he write that? Wildly, I don't know. I imagine his his public relations people probably. (laughs) He doesn't need
3: a PR person. He is his PR person. He is a walking PR person.
0: But um, yeah, and we'll have to we'll have to circle back with Flam. But at at any rate, like I'm kind of changing my tune on Malarkey. I I I find him to be an amusing presence, and again, his capacity to amuse Padma is one of his shining qualities.
3: You kind of got to uh to see it a little bit when he did that. Uh, what was it? A quick fire when he couldn't get the ice cream on the plate, and he just Padma walks up and he and yeah, it was uh it was the Phoenix um Phoenix Pizza guy from Pizza Bianca Bianca um, yeah so Chris they Bianca. walk up and they're like what do you have for us and he's like stop right there now close <laughs> your eyes imagine right now the most voluptuous coconut ice cream you've ever tasted in your life and she's like where is it he's like don't have it and the whole room kind of like laughs it off and that's when you kind of saw that like everyone's in on the malarkey like it's a bit it's got to be a bit by now and i think i don't know if we asked eric about it but i think it's got to be a bit
4: I kinda like his overall look too. Like my man's is wearing cravats. He is wearing he has, he brought so many hats to Top Chef. He kind of looks like an aging boy band member, but I weirdly really don't mind it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my Eric likes his shoes.
4: Hmm.
0: Um shoes. I don't think
3: I've ever seen shoes on Top Chef. Do
0: they even show shoes? Well, I mean I mean I think it's just part of one's ensemble and wide shots <laughs> and sitting on couches and stuff. I mean, I, I think it happens.
3: Um well, Let's 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 talk about this episode, guys. Because I it, it opens with everyone lamenting the uh, Kevin dismissal, and everyone's really sad about. it. Apparently, he made the coffee in the in the house.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, by the way, a little news: my sister Pearl Ann, who is an Atlantan, was out on the Beltline, which is sort of like in Atlanta is the green space in town, sort of the trail that takes you through neighborhoods and whatever, and ran into Kevin Gillespie just the yeah. other day. And they had a lovely conversation at six feet distance, and um, you know we're fans of his food as an Atlantan, like we love Gun Show, and they were just kind of schmoozing. Uh, I would like the Top Chef producers to know that Kevin was very mum. He did not give up any details. Did he spill about his fortunes or anybody's fortunes on the show? No, he was totally above board. But they were just kind of out walking the dog, and um, and Kevin, there was Kevin Gillespie. And mm. he, is, he is doing well in Atlanta. So I look forward to going back and checking out his next venture. Uh, he has a place on the Beltline, um, sort of a I think an upscale beer hall kind of place. But obviously it is closed. I think it is closed. Oh. But anyway. He's got
4: to be the favorite, right, to return from Last Chance Kitchen. No question.
0: Right. And he's pretty – Tom, we got to be pretty close to – we're down to seven now or six. Okay. We're down to six.
3: Breaking news. If you watched Last Chance Kitchen – Mina, did you watch this one yet?
4: I I I don't mind being spoiled. I don't. I haven't kept up with
3: it. They said uh, yeah, he has to beat one more person. <laughs> okay, and then he's back in the competition. He'll be back. Yeah,
0: he'll be back. I'm pretty certain
3: of that. Um, it's
4: kind of it's kind of anticlimactic when it's like the guy who just got eliminated. Like I feel like it's been that way a lot in recent years, right? A flam right a was flam? their last chance kitchen r- versus the Kristen Kish where she had to battle her way back. Right. Like that is a more exciting format.
0: What, then they sort of, let's let someone in at week eight, let's set someone in at week five, kind of that stuff?
4: Like the guy gets eliminated and then comes back two weeks later. It's like, right, right. he probably yeah. shouldn't have been eliminated.
0: <laughs> but um, anyway, so beans, beans, good for your heart. And uh, that was the challenge. Um, Where were you on this? All right. So Pally Mountain, where is that, Kevin? I think it's up near Lake Arrowhead. So, so if you drive just an hour... And 10, 15, 20 minutes, it's actually much closer than you would imagine. Northeast of LA, you go out on the 10 or the 210. You get to like Arrowhead, Big Bear, sort of. And it is very, like, imagine all the horror movies you watch. I mean, maybe not you as a kid, mm-hmm. but like that I watched as a kid, like the Friday, the 13th. I mean, I think there's always this assumption that any, like, do you remember Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill and, and Little Darlings? Like, I think that that's understood with, <laughs> I don't oh, come know. on, Little Darlings is amazing. They don't make movies like Little Darlings anymore. Oh my god. So two teenage girls, the tomboy and the princess, make a bet at the beginning of summer camp who can lose their virginity first. It also happens to be one of Matt Dillon's very first roles. It's the kind of 70s teen sex comedy that you just couldn't even do today. But anyway, I feel like that's the area where every summer camp horror – teen romance movie was shot and based between 1978 and 1990 is in this area.
3: I was very upset that we didn't see like Paul Rudd or Janine Garofalo show up and just do a wet, hot American summer quick fire. Mm. That Mm. would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. I, so the beans thing, when they showed the beans, I was like, really, really, we're going to work with beans. But then I kind of, once they saw the variety of different beans, I was like, okay, this makes more sense. (laughs) So, um, I, I was Stephanie the entire time. I was Stephanie. I was like, "What am I doing? Am I gonna make a bean burger? I'm gonna make a bean burger. This bean burger isn't working. I, I'm just gonna like throw vomit on a plate. What what? Why are we doing beans again? That
0: oh, wait, was me. Uh, you know, I love Stephanie. I have a very soft spot for Stephanie. But that bean burger was almost as pathetic <laughs> as the wilted or the 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 romaine and grapefruit. Wow. Um, poor poor Stephanie, and she knew it too. <laughs>
4: Well, the reason they're doing beans is uh, the episode was brought to you by beans, I believe, which, by the way, worked because I was on Instacart watching this episode and added two cans of beans. I think hunt beans to my cart. And I was inspired by Gregory, who fried his beans, which, oh, the second he did that, it got me jonesing for beans
0: because he got the crunch. I actually need to do that. I'm going to get my Goya black beans, which are like, I don't know about you in college. But the 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 Spanish rice right and black beans I must with a Friday oh, yeah. it was like my my standard meal for like three or four years.
3: Growing up in Sao Paulo, all we ate was rice and beans for the first four years of my life.
0: God, I love that you grew up in Sao Paulo. Yeah. Like that is that is one of the most interesting things about you.
3: Yes, yeah, so we we ate just black beans, like a black bean sauce and white rice for all three meals until I was four years old. Um, so I have a I have a real soft spot for beans. Now, in this episode, um. We did get Kelsey. Kelsey looks great. Kelsey looks like she's, uh, you know, enjoying the altitude, having a good time. She's there. And uh, we haven't seen her since she won last season. Um, I see her on Instagram all the time, by the way. She's a star. Oh, she is a star. I love following her on Instagram. And... Um, Mina, we actually got some some goods from her. She like mailed us that uh that party boat, really? party boat, like lime checks mix type party. Do you remember mix? like
0: she called it puppy chow and it kind of came yes. in a little bag. She sent yes. us the puppy chow which lasted in my house about 1 hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
4: Wow, okay. I'm I'm going to go on the record and say, "Kelsey, I love you. I support everything you do. <laughs> love puppy chow. You can uh, DM me for my address too." Um that's interesting. They brought back a few of the winners. Like, I mean, feels like this season. Let's see. They brought back Stephanie, obviously. Um, Brooke was on this episode. Who, she looked phenomenal. Yeah, Brooke is way. a
0: fixture. She is yeah. a fixture.
4: Yeah, she's kind of entered the. Yeah, I've uh,
0: never like been, been to Yeah, have you ever been down to Playa to her Playa Provision? Yes, I, it, how is it? Delicious.
4: It's oh, awesome. Great, it's super. Know. It's very casual. You know, it's not nothing schmancy it's very of the area um but it's really good it's really good brunch food which is i guess makes sense then for this episode that brooke was here
0: tom you know what i love about seven people left you totally get a sense of like the full rankings like you get to find like there's one middle person that you know finished fourth
2: like you obviously know who finishes
0: first you kind of get a sense of set two three like it is it's the seven the, the dynamic with seven is interesting that way um I thought Leanne was going to have a great week because she comes in with that black bean empanada, the pea slaw. I was so happy for her. Like, so we have, a, like, the funny thing about Leanne is she's so infectiously nice and funny and self-deprecating, but she's also a mess. Yes. Like, like yeah. it's, like, it's constantly colliding with, like, inanimate objects. Just cutting um, and
3: herself and just, like- She
0: sweats a lot in the kitchen, which is totally me. Like, you, you get me... Like I'm over the stove, like I'm schvitzing. Like I, she is so beleaguered um, in in every challenge. But I, I'm just become such a fan of hers. Uh, she she is like kind of the constant underdog in the show, which is ironic because she, my understanding is she's also a producer um, and, and is on that staff. So um, on she, the Top
4: Chef.
3: Yes, yeah, she, she yeah. is a producer for like the first four episodes, four seasons of Top Chef. She's a producer.
4: Wait, I know. Really,
3: this is very much Last Dance. Yes. <laughs> this is the last dance. She's she's kind of totally. she's gaming the
0: system. Yeah. She was the culinary oh. producer for the next four seasons of Top Chef, where her duties included sourcing oh. and styling the ingredients for the various challenges, as well as determining the budget, equipment restrictions, and the time limits. This is really interesting.
4: That is so fascinating. She's like, she's
0: like in there. She, she, yeah. she um, almost like – I think it was the four seasons, Tom, after her first appearance.
4: So – with this particular episode and her death by Clifudi, I think is how she put it. Um yes. On Top Chef, when a chef has an issue with like an oven that was, you know, or a burner that was turned off. Or in, I think in this case, Brian had set it to steam or something. I don't remember. It, as a viewer, sometimes it can be hard to evaluate, okay, whose fault was this really, right? I, most of the time, we have no idea. I think with her, though it's happened so many times at this point. Like there's been so many kitchen snafus that I wasn't, while I do enjoy her, she seems like a lovely person. I wasn't particularly sympathetic to her plight.
3: Yeah. And she said, I think she said at one point I should have checked on it. um, Right. To, to make sure that it was in the right cooking uh, dial. So was it malarkey or was it Voltaggio? Voltaggio. I think she said, Oh, was it Voltaggio? I think, I think so. I
4: I don't know. It wasn't a thing to hurt their credit, right? It didn't right. become like a. She wasn't playing the blame game necessarily. I knew Voltaggio. the second, by the way, that this was like a mom's challenge. I was like, Volt's got this in the bag.
0: <laughs> Why did you say that? Oh, because he's like a. He's the. He's the. Are you he's kidding the se- me? Have you seen him?
4: <laughs>
0: he's the sex icon on the show. That for, guy's for like
4: moms? a. Yes, thousand percent was is like a. I mean, he's not you know. He's not my Voltaggio, but he is like mom bait to the max.
3: Did you catch that stray that Mike Voltaggio got on this episode? No, Brian. Brian said, uh, "Like, oh, did you go to summer camp with Mike?" And he was like, "No, he as if the summer camp didn't have a spa, he couldn't go." Woo-hoo.
2: <laughs>
0: By the way, have you noticed that chefs hate the outdoors in general? Like Carrie, who's a little Colorado and a little fleecy, I, I can't yeah. recall a, a chef who was excited to go to the outdoors. Yeah,
3: so I, I thought Leanne, she she got kicked off. Did she get kicked off on the Colorado in the snow? I know she harkened back to that and said, oh, i been getting PTSD from that I thought she had a, um
0: I thought she had a, a sickness. Or a, oh, that was
3: right. The altitude think, where she was, right?
0: or she, she was pregnant, right?
3: Yes, yes.
4: Oh, yes, yes, yes.
0: Oh. And she By the way, that, Clif- that Clifudi error, I was surprised that it was presentable as it is. As somebody who owns a steam oven, if you screw up that steam oven, your food just turns to mush. Like it's just – because it, it'll just completely yeah that's what it turns to mush
4: her donuts are, are a good example of why i've been reading about like people having cooking competitions via zoom and you're like how do you do that the donuts are per- perfect example why you can't do that because they look bomb yes like the oh. the visual of them i was like oh my god i want to eat that and that then all unglace, the judges yeah
0: that coffee oh yeah that destroyed I was so them excited um she uh yeah i really thought i because i i turned air i was like She is so smart for making the sweet items because no one ever really fucks up the baking on this show. Um, Not everybody can do it, but if you do it, it is hard to go home for a dessert. It just is. And I I mean, do we realize how close Melissa came to coming home? If not for the steam oven knob, we're having an entirely different conversation. I have a
3: theory about that. All right. I think because she – Leanne had two bad dishes. Melissa had one good one, one yes. bad. Malarkey had one great one, one bad. So I think in the spirit of you didn't get anything right, Leanne goes home. Melissa, she might have been the next one home, but I don't think it was, she was all that close because she at least had a good dish, right? No, what the I'm saying is, is if not
0: – for because here's the thing. If she doesn't put that steam – if if it, if that oven is not on steam, she's got a good dish. I am absolutely convinced of that. Like hmm. she's done it before. She knows how to do these brunch bakey items. It's actually I wouldn't say it's an easy dish, but it it doesn't need to be invented. Like it is that shit is good. It is just this yummy, pastry-ish berries. You can't really if you as long as you nail the chemical specifications, like temperature, like oven setting like you're not going to go home for that that was going to be a tasty dish and then it's really are her donuts as bad as melissa's salad but the thing about melissa's salad is it wasn't just bad it offended their sensibilities it offended like, my tom sensibilities does, right like tom does not like his sensibilities to be offended <laughs> there is a spirit to this show part of that spirit is ambition you don't phone it in he's right
3: i, I was hoping we got like a padma really really uh, condescending just this on <laughs> Melissa didn't really happen the one that she did give out was to Steph's burger she goes was I supposed to eat this as a burger <laughs> I was like oh no felt so bad for <laughs> Steph but there wasn't even a I thought Melissa
0: was just gonna get killed for that for that uh, salad dish but um, well, she kind of got killed in absentia I mean when she went back they were pretty rough mm-hmm. all right, speaking of Padma alright I have a question for you Mina I want you to rate on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being utterly sincere, 1 being utterly insincere. When Padma tells the table of moms, quote, I would rather be here with you guys, but I have to go to judge's table. (laughs) On what scale? So she's kind of after they kind of sample all the food, they go and kind of work the room. Right. And so she sits down to talk to the moms like, hey, what was your favorite dish? What was your not your least favorite dish? And then at a certain point after they've chatted for a little while, she says "She gets up and says, hey, I would rather be here with you guys. But I have to go off to judge's table.
2: Hey, listener, it's your favorite butcher turn podcast producer May is here to talk to you about butcher box. A not so wise man once said, it's not that hard. Just chop, chop. Who knew that he was talking about pork chops from ButcherBox? It's not that hard. It's easy to get high quality meat and seafood you can trust, delivered right to your doorstep, free shipping, always a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. You get exactly what you need. Premium ingredients for your meals to feed your family. I know how it is. You go to the grocery store, you're stressed, you got a lot of food to get. And then you got to wait in line at the butcher counter. Maybe your butcher is a tall man with an attitude. I don't know. I've never experienced that, but maybe it happened to you. That's why I love ButcherBox. You've always got meat in the freezer or in the fridge, you're ready to cook at any time, and you're not going to find such high quality at such low prices anywhere else. So sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com/dings D I N G S and use code DINGS at checkout. To enjoy your choice of bone and chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year plus $20 off. Again, that is butcherbox.com slash dings and use code DINGS, D I N G S. Chop, chop. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The
0: rage of the earth. We made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did.
2: And in the end. What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
3: Play it now with Game Pass. She would not. So, rather, she would not like to be there.
4: She is a mom. She is a mom. A, very, yeah. So, you know, I think she probably does like it is part of her brand that sounds so cynical but i do think she is very like engaged with motherhood and and that kind of thing and moms are a big part of her audience that said i think she would rather burn in hell than spend an entire day there um i i I said to you i thought she's she's been kind of surlier this season you disagree i don't want to get into i love it to be clear
0: but t- tell me, tell me, tell me the root of your, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. I, I just have a different impression.
4: I'm just kind of picking up a little, some, some vibes. I don't know. That's kind that's her, that's her, her energy though, which I respect. Right. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Um, Speaking of the moms, I guess how f- they were happy. I noticed Stephanie made, I think she called it breakfast salad, which crazily ended up being maybe the only dish with eggs. Yeah. Was that? Is that right? Um, and the moms were like, this is like something I can make for my kids, <laughs> which is on one hand damning, uh, from a chef's perspective, kind of whatever. And the, but on the other hand, I was thinking the exact th- same thing when she made that, I was like, wow, I could actually, That she just like took a bunch of stuff in her fridge and kind of threw it together and it looks good.
3: Again, yeah. why don't they have real ingredients? Like, I don't, I don't want to yeah, see this late in the game that like, her having to use like two or three ingredients that are very basic. Same deal with Melissa. Um, I just think at this point you want to have, we're getting into that whole, like we're going to go ship you guys across the world to the, to the finals. And I I just think that's an example of how this episode just did not hit. It did not hit.
4: How about my man's Gregory though? Like making the most basic ass food. He made a fruit salad, and then mushrooms with tomatoes and spinach, and, and they all crushed. loved it. Yeah, they loved crushed. it. I yeah. mean, although Tom Lord. did
0: to his in character for Tom, and I kind of agree with him, is you know he kind of did the the less we talk about that fruit salad, the better. Yeah, Even but, though it was good, it had some uh, and it had some heat and Habanile. the vanilla, but uh, like God. you know, Tom wants to see you push yourself, um, and I think that's what's so interesting to your point. My uh, is, Voltaggio who's an elevated chef. I yes. mean he is – in terms of technicality, at, at Tom, something you always bring up, like he was the first guy ever to use tweezers in a mess hall mm-hmm. um, and you would think that might put him in a disadvantage. He tends to thrive when the challenge demands technicality and yet he – I was kind of shocked. Like I really thought this could be a problem for him because of his just absolute almost rigid devotion to elevated food even in situations where – where that might be a, to your detriment.
4: Hmm. Maybe that, so I you guys don't watch Project Runway, do you?
0: No. No.
4: This kind of reminded me of, there's an unconventional materials challenge where they have to make like a dress out of paper and, you know, leaves or something. And, and often the person who's, who wins is the best craftsman, right? The, uh, someone who can take the crappy ingredients and make something elevated, out of it whereas in a normal challenge you know they might overdo it or overthink it or not be super creative but just that craftsmanship and tailoring and, and maybe that's sort of worked to Voltaggio's advantage here
3: yeah he was I mean not only were the the ladies the moms swooning for him but he uh, he had his,
0: his laugh going ah, going pretty good uh, just <laughs> yeah, it, it's charming. so the- disarming because it doesn't it's the last thing you expect to come out of his mouth
3: ah and you're like what that that's him that's the the dad Voltaggio guy that's the, that's his laugh um yeah he he was uh when he did that pork belly like like how did he end up with that that pork belly like that was incredible <laughs> that looked like that was delicious like his I mean, that's his, just bacon that's i know bacon it, it just baked, looked baked, like his, bacon. His, his super thick yeah yeah it yeah. looked like his ingredients came from like a real uh a real pantry
4: yeah meanwhile gregory can't even get eggs He's working with uh, spinach, tomatoes, and mushroom. I did love what Tom said about how, you know, you can get a great umami flavor with such simple ingredients. You don't necessarily need all of, you know, the full pantry. Again, I'm, I'm so in the tank for Gregory at this point. I, so I, I can't even. I can't be unbiased.
3: Kevin, did you see he did a little habanero in his fruit salad?
0: I know. I saw. I ever since I rubbed my eyes after cooking with habanero, I've never had it in my house ever again. It's <laughs> bad move. It was so bad. It was so painful.
4: The only time I've ever had in my house is when I did the challenge for Tom and I had to drink almost a full gallon of milk after.
3: Yeah. Oh, shouts to the pepper challenge. You did a habanero and it was delightful. It was well, I remember it like it was yesterday because it t- was real pain. Yeah. real pain. Real <laughs>
0: pain. And of course, I just sent Tom a check and I'll do it again. <laughs> I just sent a check. I'm, I ain't a circus seal. do. did doing- you know
3: that? Uh, scientifically, like the molecular biology of, uh, hot foods and trying to diffuse it is instead of milk, you should do citrus. So like squeeze a lime in your mouth or squeeze a lemon in your mouth and it, and it Mm. diffuses it pretty good. So just FYI,
0: um, um, news
4: that could have come to my attention yesterday.
0: I know, I know. So years ago when I did that, the, um, Oh, that might explain a lot, Tom. Like, that's why people put lime on a lot of those dishes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of mutes it a little bit um, and doesn't have it like searing your brain for two hours. Right.
0: Like, even Vietnamese food has those you know, you, you, you do coffee or lime leaves, it, it kind of offsets, or even the lemongrass with the kind of hot chili. Um, Mina, what are you eating during? Give me your, give me your like <laughs> weekly food regimen during quarantine. Beans, Um, beans, fried
3: beans.
4: Some beans. I just got a grocery order, which is always – so I do the Instacart, right, where you can see the person shopping. And sometimes they make, like, wild substitutions. You're like, wait, (laughs) I ordered clementines, and those are tomatoes. But then you don't want to complain because you feel like you're a, like, evil capitalist pig in an episode of Black Mirror. If you're like, um, excuse me, I was trying to make this kind of omelet. You know, so I'm just like, hey, whatever you can get, man, I'm grateful. So I've been doing a little bit of cooking – and then, um, you know, um, supporting local businesses, <laughs> a lot of ordering from, uh, <laughs> uh, Hail Mary in Alwater. Love that spot. Um, all time, you know, East LA, all the, I, I feel like we order from a lot of the same spots.
0: Yeah. You cooking at all? Other than uh, a little your
4: bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been doing some baking, um, you know, uh, doing, I'd say more cooking than usual, uh, I don't know. I feel like fifty percent of my life now is just loading and unloading the dishwasher.
0: I, it's amazing. Right. Like I, I, that, I am logging at least an hour and forty-five minutes a week.
4: But you already, you were cooking before all this went down.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's interesting. Like in terms of volume, and I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get a little more ambitious this week. And I kind of, I brought out Sean Brock's cookbook. I'm going to try to do his fried chicken in a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So I'm Ooh. really excited for that. I actually ordered the um, sorghum syrup from the place he recommends in Tennessee. So I'm getting some like white. I'm getting some gold Carolina rice. Tom, you know, like I'm. I'm mm. really starting. Like I'm kind of getting sick of my own food. And I do. Hmm. I'm doing all right. Like I'm doing well. And also, the funny thing is, I gave up red meat this year just for as an experiment. And it's like the wrong year to do it because I need more oh variety. My God. Like chicken yes. again.
4: Um, they- it's like when Nick went was my husband was vegetarian and went unvegetarian. I don't know what the word is for that, but started eating meat again. I could not have been timed better as God before all this began.
0: Yeah. But um, we have Kevin, so many nice options. Yeah, go ahead. Uh,
3: my buddy uh, texted me and said, by the way, I took Kevin Arnovitz recommendation and made some Porter and York purchases. Wow. Those airline chicken breasts are fire.
0: <laughs> unbelievable. Because if you're like me, I got to be honest, like. White meat's usually terrible. Like I'll never get white meat when I can get dark meat. And these airline breasts are what Jelena's recipe calls for. So I was like, where the fuck am I going to find airline breasts? And I kind of start Googling. There's this great place. I'm like, it's free shipping. And they also do salmon. And it's up in Seattle. I think in Woodinville, Mina. Hmm. Yeah, my buddy Brian's in Mobile, Alabama. Oh I, by the way, I, I should uh, not to be like, excuse me, but I should just tell Porter. I think I've sent Porter in York no fewer than eight to ten customers. And <laughs> they're amazing. And those airline breasts are just all purpose and it's so easy. Really? Also brining, as I went on on this show last week, like where's brining been my whole life? I like, just why am I not brining why I've not been brining chicken? It's so yeah, easy I, as long as you have an extra day.
4: I've been doing a lot more like thigh recipes, like one pot thigh, Ooh, slow nice. cooking. Um. yeah but I got like what I really miss like so I get takeout from some of the places we've been talking about I'm not saying I'm a hero but you know but uh, <laughs> I really miss like Korean food because I just it's just not the same like there's ser- it, this has been an interesting time right to kind of realize okay what sort of restaurant takeout
2: Works, tastes is good yeah. yeah
4: exactly and man I miss Korean food so much
3: like so oh, many restaurants uh, they have to be home games Right. yes <laughs>
0: Like you know, Or right. it's like Bavel and Bestia, which I love and I love supporting them. But a lot of times you bring it home and there's love this direction home. sheet and the next oh thing you God. know, you're doing dishes and you're heating up pots and it's like, OK, this is great food and I appreciate the prep it requires. But the whole damn point of me doing takeout is I don't – it gives me a break.
3: Last night we got you know, burger and fries from our favorite oh, – we nice. got our favorite like restaurant here and we just did some takeout of burger and fries. Fries – the fries um, take home – doesn't really work you need some fresh fries sit down at the restaurant eat those damn fresh piping hot when you take home fries they get they they don't have a great shelf life guys they don't Hmm. And and i and they gave us like a you know like a a paper bag full of these fries and they're great fries when they're fresh but we just couldn't consume them last night. So I, I tried to reheat them today. It just didn't work. I had to no. smother it with like a truffle olive oil and I like throw some Parmesan just to get it down because French fries just don't have a good shelf life. That's what I'm learning in this uh, um, pandemic.
0: Hey, Mina, Tom, so let's handicap the rest of the season. Nope. We're down to six. Oh, do we want to talk quickly? And I know you haven't seen it. Let's talk quickly about Last Chance Kitchen. Uh, Leanne goes, she's got, it's a three round Last Chance Kitchen. They got a, they got a <laughs> frying egg. They got to do a easy. classic yep. French omelet, and then they got to do a, a take on eggs benedict. Um, Kevin, Kevin <sighs> perfect uh, perfect fried egg. Then Leanne comes back with the perfect French omelet, and then it's a close call at the end. But, but Kevin ekes it out on the hollandaise sauce. Do you know what I did yesterday for the first time? I made a classical French omelet, and you know what? I mean, I took little little of Leanne's, I, I spread some extra butter at the end. <laughs> you know, I did okay. Good job. It is oh. like it was really fluffy. And as it had that Tom thing where he said, you know, it almost tastes like it has cheese in it. It did. Now I use these great duck eggs, but I am of course you I, do. I have been inspired by Last Chance Kitchen. I am gonna be a French omelet guy a couple days <laughs> a week now. It was excellent. Um, but Kevin's on his way. We're down to six with Kevin lingering in Last Chance Kitchen. I just How do want you to say, cap, cap the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, Kevin, I just want to say, I liked the, t- the Last Chance
3: Kitchen better than I liked the actual show. On this particular week, I was all in on This Last Chance Kitchen. Oh, when it was a like, great LCK. It was yeah. a great episode because they did like the technical, I like these ones where they have to do um, like the right French omelet and it has to be perfect. Uh, you know, Tom was like, "Hey, you need to make it over easy," and and they had to like make it technically perfect. Um, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a great Last Chance Kitchen. So much so that I enjoy- find myself enjoying this episode of Last Chance Kitchen than um than the actual show. So you have you have you have six. We have six chefs left, and maybe I'll put it this way. Because just to bring it back to fantasy, Mina, Kevin has Kevin Gillespie, Karen I should be sinking. Stephanie and Malarkey. Four chefs left. Who do you think is his best odds? Who do you think has the best of those, odds of, of those, those four? four? Karen Gillespie, Stephanie Malarkey. Who has? Who is the favorite on Kevin's team right now?
4: Oh, you have all of those guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, basically, I okay. have three
3: of the six plus Kevin. Yes, he's lingering. Karen, mm. Stephanie, Malarkey, and Gillespie. My Gillespie's still in last chance kitchen. If he's in right, the competition, so he's considering easy. He
4: has to battle his way back. Um, I kind of think Karen.
0: Yeah. yeah she's too. a good chef. Did um, not
4: love her using her hand to mix the corn grips. I'm oh,
0: you, you were grossed out by that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe
4: it's like the time right now. I'm just like. Ah.
0: Um, <laughs> also, corn is particularly unappetizing when it's being stirred into something.
4: Yes god her food looked good though this yeah what she ended up making that little um, cake was good
0: she's yeah. so good at so this we're down to- she's really good
3: at top chef one Karen. two
4: three four five six six people are left he said yeah, plus, kevin. plus
0: kevin yeah
4: okay so I mean, tom's yeah, got for- the top
3: three seeds i mean come on <laughs> i got yes. gregory voltaggio melissa left yeah
4: see i think voltaggio might have peaked this episode Ooh, I,
3: I disagree
4: you think he's peaking at the right I time? I think he's
3: LeBroning yeah. it. I think he's yeah. leBroning it. I think he's coasting regular season and then fucking stepping pedal to metal for right. the, the stretch run.
0: And I have to assume, Mina, that we're about to get into okay, enough of the novelties and the summer camps and the oh yeah yeah, you know, yeah. cook right. something while you're like you know while you're. Tr- on a trapeze with only the whatever you can find in the trunk of your car. <laughs> like we're about to get to okay, like the emotional
4: make, episodes. Like yeah. make something that reminds you of your childhood. Right. Or, or just frankly,
0: here's a full kitchen, here's a full pantry. We're not going to yeah. give you a ton of parameters. Just go fucking cook. And I just think he's dangerous. He's lurking in the weeds. And when that stuff comes up where you don't have yeah. to honor a challenge or deal with these silly parameters, and I'm I'm being I love the parameters generally, but I'm saying if you're Voltaggio and you're just a technical chef where okay give me a wide berth and i will go through that berth
4: i really i do like him he seems like a great guy and his food does look good but i just this is why i wish eric was still here like every episode with eric i'm like wow i'm gonna learn something mm-hmm. and he's gonna make something i haven't seen before and it's i feel like voltaggio is just like every time he come most of his dishes remind me of things i've had at restaurants i don't know or it's just not exciting to me in the same way. So I, I'm I'm with you. I'm not I'm not his biggest fan.
0: Um Melissa takes one on the chin this week, both in, in both quick fire, but I'm I'm not deterred. I'm just not yeah. deterred. She's she's it's gonna prominent. cook. And also let me tell you something. She's as good technically as anybody. I mean, I know Veltagia's in the in, in a in a space there, but she is I mean, if in the in this interceding season since her first appearance on the show, like The technical growth is insane. Like she is – I mean I know she had a weird week and she kind of was probably a lack of assertiveness in the kitchen. I better make a leafy green but left her own devices. I mean she's going to be a tough out for Gregory.
4: Yeah. That's – that's it's hard to pick between the two of them at this point I'd say.
3: Um, Gregory hasn't had a bad episode. Like Melissa just had her bad episode. She cleansed – she cleansed out that she she like every every team has to go through that one game or that one like week stretch where they're just eating it and okay and she but, Tom let it. me she counter was, she let was me-
4: playing hurt too it wasn't even like she didn't it wasn't like she was technically poor she got
0: head of Romaine she was hamstrung. and grapefruit <laughs> All right. but I will argue no nuts no seeds here's the counter argument I'm gonna list the number of chefs who have more points in our system over the last three weeks. The Melissa King. If you're just looking for a for a counter argument, yeah, Gregory, Voltaggio, Leanne Wong, even with the elimination, What's your Kevin Gillespie, <laughs> even with the elimination, Karen, Stephanie, Malarkey. Okay, so you could argue like she's still like. She she obviously – you know how I feel about her. But in the, it's not just like a one- or two-week thing. In the last three weeks, she has fewer points than everybody, including several of the eliminated chefs.
3: Yeah, but in the previous four weeks, if we're going to do some uh, arbitrary endpoints here, Kevin. Yeah. All right. right. Ah, the the resta- four- restaurant
4: wars – come on. Yeah, restaurant you. wars, you got to throw that. That was the other thing, right? Yeah, like, that's true. She had to execute Kevin's insane vision. I love – I just love her and Gregory as human beings. They seem yes. delightful too.
3: Yeah. I think it's Gregory at the top. I'm going to go Voltaggio 2, Melissa 3, Karen 4, Gillespie 5, Malarkey 6, Stephanie 7. How does that sound?
0: I have more confidence in Gillespie if what you're telling me is they're only one. So one. So basically, he There's plays the loser of next week, and the winner returns to be number 6. So we're going to kind of... Basically, mm-hmm. so if, if that's what you're telling me – now, granted, you would say, OK, but he's got a 50-50 chance next week. Or even if you think he's a favorite, it can't be much more than 60-40 against any of those eliminated chefs. Um, that would lend uh, – you take the field, But yeah, you know, it's interesting, Tom. I mean I, I would put Gillespie a little farther up because I think if he gets back in, he's going to be a juggernaut. The only error he did was sort of this overly ambitious stubbornness yeah. when it comes to building a restaurant. Take that out. And he's been as good as anybody.
3: Yeah, but he's in the Gregory playing deserves field. Yeah, that's the thing. So you, you're putting him above Karen right now.
0: Above Karen and maybe even, well, again, the binary situation next week. I think if he wins next week, I'm putting him at second behind Gregory.
4: Mm, really?
0: Yeah. If he wins next week, if he gets back in the competition next week, or two weeks, I guess it would be from now, I'm putting him right behind Gregory. I just am. Hmm?
4: I go Melissa. Gregory, Melissa. Yeah, yeah Melissa. Gregory, thing. Melissa. Yeah. You guys are, I mean, they're putting just too much recency bias here because of this bullshit challenge and then the restaurant <laughs> wars. Come on.
3: Yeah, we were Come talking on. about Melissa being the goat like two weeks ago and now it's yeah, like, like uh,
4: let's like yeah, dial and, us down a little and now bit. I'm like, Gregory, yeah, honestly, I wasn't here, but he deserves, just for the strategy alone in Restaurant Wars, he deserves to win. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff.
3: I have a couple questions for you Student guys. Student of the game. A couple questions to both of you. Is uh, Because I know you guys are both wordsmiths. Um, Wiltedness, is it a word?
0: Ask Mina. Mina does the the Saturday crossword in like (laughs) 18 minutes or less probably. So I'm just starting the New York Times as a ritual in the last few months. But ask Mina. Mina, is wiltedness a word?
3: It was uttered on this show and I just don't think it's a word.
4: Uh, first of all, my score today was thirteen eleven.
0: Oh, jeez, you are on a Saturday. A, you are a monster.
4: Um, and yeah, are you I just leaned back other, in your
0: chair as you say that.
4: Uh,
3: <laughs> just thirteen. No, I was, screen, yeah. sc-
4: I was looking at a screenshot I took to text to people. Um, <laughs> Even better. Yeah, I I think. Uh, what else could? What other permutation of the word wilted could there be? I mean, I guess wilting.
3: Wilt, wilt yeah. Um, Wilt- w- wiltedness. It's a great word. Wiltedness. It's a great shout out on this on this episode.
0: Um, I, I, I'm still pissed off about goat herd this morning. Is that
4: about the spinach? Oh God, goat herd. Yeah, goat herd is I a had a bullshit. feeling about that.
0: That's a bullshit. It's, it's it's one who does this, so it's not like a goat herd is not one. It, it's just it's a bullshit clue. I'm sorry. Uh, this is like we now have lost everybody in the audience except the one New York Times crossword <laughs> subscriber. O- all right, I'm gonna bring it back here. because I, I think yeah, this is a good back.
3: one. This is a good question. <laughs> Tom Calicchio goes into the uh, mess hall. She sees all the women, and all the guys are like, "Tom, are you like miserable right now?" And he goes, "This is my fan base. Are you kidding me?"
0: Exactly. And
3: Kevin, I thought it was yes. the opposite.
0: I thought his fan base was gay men. I don't know where that came from. I mean, I'm a gay man, and I like Tom. I mean, I like, but actually, I like Tom as a professional. I like his gravitas. Like I like, like whatever. Um, I like his sort of understated humor. But I don't understand, like. Eric – my Eric is sort of insistent that he's a gay male. I I, I just don't see it. Um a
4: certain – yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean I, – no, no, I'm not like – that's not an insult. Like I just don't – I mean I I have – having been out for nearly 30 years, like I can tell you I have a pretty good underst- – pretty good power rankings of gay icons. I didn't know Calicchio was on it until someone told me and I'm still a little incredulous.
4: I know a lot of gay men who love Tom Colicchio. I, th- I feel like – if, you know the epic handshake meme.
0: Like, h- like, 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 love him because hey, Top Chef's is a great show. Or Hubba Hubba. Love
4: no, him. no, he's like, they, he oh, does it for The epic handshake.
3: So you're saying yeah, mo- so, suburban moms it, and gay men.
4: Suburban moms and gay men who like bears. Like, there's, it, it, it's right in the middle. I don't know. We can't, cho- <laughs> we can't pick our fans, man. Like I, this morning, <laughs> I tweeted about how much Lil, how terrible Lil Dicky is, and my mentions are just full of like white guys in their 20s but that is my fan base this it, is what I have wrought so
0: it's you know, so funny you say that because like little
4: Dickie and I when same I fan base
0: like being a national sports writer it was like you know I, I I was joking to someone several years ago I'm like what a waste like I I cannot <laughs> like like because here's the thing like my desired objects which are you know like I want to meet like you know sexy gay man or whatever and <laughs> like it, it is zero currency. <sighs> I was like, I could oh, probably man. like I could probably lay a straight guy quicker than I could lay a gay guy with this particular job. The, the one like, time it was this has worked out on for me
4: is when I went on your show and I was last season and I was like, I love Eric and Eric followed me. I was like, wow, finally, uh, finally, Mina. I have an update
3: on that front. Oh, I boy. actually invited him. I got to sit down. Ten minutes ago to this call. And you could
4: have told me that no, like an was, hour ago, and I, I could have taken a shower. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was, when you were debating whether to take a shower to come on the show, I was going to text you. I think Eric oh. might be joining us just to seal oh. the deal. Um, could
4: have used that info. Uh,
3: and Eric texted me back and says, oh, man, I'm doing my virtual class at the moment. I feel terrible because, yes, I would love to come on with Mina. I'm
4: a big I, – I stan Eric. <laughs> I said once when, this um, – because I know he's got his thing going on in D.C., Right. Once this is all over, I am taking the PTI ATH, HQ gangs to whatever he's got going on in he, What is his venture right now? And it's not a restaurant, right? It's he's got like it's a it's like a stand a at mobile a food thing? hall,
3: I believe. It's like, how does he
4: not have a restaurant? I would I know. fucking anyways. All yeah. right. So,
3: so all right, let, let's review this. Can we review this season? So that was a heartbreaking <laughs> exit for for Eric, who goes out for his
1: uh, oh oh the, so bad.
3: And and yeah. we had we had him on the show just coincidentally, we were like, Hey, in week six, can you come on to the show? And he's like, Yeah. We thought it was gonna be or it was week seven, right, oh. Kevin?
0: Or in week eight, because it was it was restaurant wars. I'm I'm bad at the number weeks.
4: Yeah. He he's yeah. like he's the D'Antoni, right, of top chef. Like the ideas are so brilliant and sometimes just like the execution and in the construct of the show.
0: He
3: uh it was it was he was my second pick, Mina. So I, I took Gregory right. number one and then Eric Japan. And Kevin, I think I believe in the draft you were upset about that. You were like, ah, oh, I knew you were going to take Eric there.
0: Well, no, because it, it was a tough call for me because I – like my irrational chef love is with Nini, right? I, I just am convinced that I know she's gone <laughs> out twice Relatively early, and I just think she's like she's the great. best chef who's not fulfilled her potential through yeah. some kind she? Is of very she Steve technical Nash? Like a,
3: Someone who's like win percentage, right? And like going like,
0: out on mm, like front of the house, whatever, yeah. and then going out—I I, forget—on that sort of the single best performance week in the history of Top Chef, like yes. five dishes each oh. of the like going out double elimination, yeah. and that, that is a dish that would have won in other weeks.
4: She's also creative and inventive,
0: exactly, um, and she kind of melds multiple traditions anyway um jennifer um leanne's out
3: lisa fernandez jamie lynch angelo joe joe mustache um
0: god it seems like weeks ago it was weeks ago i mean it was months ago
3: we had joe flam last week and he was talking about how he misses the innocence and the competitiveness of (laughs) non-all-stars of like These Mm. Top Chef contestants are hungry because they're, like, on the up-and-coming list rather than the here list. We're here. So, do you have that sense in this season? Are you wishing sometimes that these uh, confessionals weren't so uh, polished because they know the game? They know what they're doing on Top Chef. They've been here before. Or do you like Top Chef All-Stars?
4: I I am really enjoying this season just because the quality— of the competition is so yeah. fantastic. Um, They're just so, f- there's so few duds, right? There's been, and, and even a, sh- a, a chef like Lisa, who was a actual nightmare, her season, like to come back, you know, didn't get far, but she seems, she got like a little bit of a redemption arc. I felt, mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the lack of drama generally. I don't watch top chef for drama and bullshit, you know, fighting and sort of fabricated storylines. I want to see like, People work in, you know, challenging constructs and come up with creative and interesting food. And so I think the season's been spectacular in that regard.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with Mina. I, I think there's always a trade-off. I mean, you're right that you, you know, everyone's sort of an underdog. Everyone, and, and yes, Kevin's got a, a really kind of heartening backstory this year. Um, you want to see other yes. people succeed. But so, yeah, there's always a, a sacrifice. But I'm, w- I'm with Mina. Like, at the end of the day, like, I love food. and. I said it in our very first episode ever. It's like watching chefs to me, like watching LeBron. Like I, I, I'm amazed what these people can do. And I kind of just want to be amazed throughout the show. And I am. And the better the chefs, yeah. uh, the, the more amazed I am. And that's kind of what I come to it for.
4: Yeah, You know what else I love about the season? I just want to throw this. I forgot to mention. I love the mutual respect that you see. Yeah. Like, and that's what you get with this caliber of chef. And it's so like, that's not something we really get to see very often, right? On television is like, People who are just really vibing on how accomplished their peers are, and I find it immensely soothing to watch. That's,
0: it's like it's like the last dance, right? Like it's like it watching.
3: It really is. Yeah, I was thinking
4: you know.
0: that. Yeah.
3: It's you yeah. know what? That's what makes Gregory this season so impressive is that he's hugging Nini and Stephanie and be like, "Yeah, yes. go steal my all my supplies. It's fine. I'm gonna win anyway." He's so yes. he's such oh a team my player such too. Good point. And he's Dude, so. When they
4: were all like, let's just execute Gregory's vision. How fucking cool was that?
3: All right. While we're here, I tweeted out from the Pack Your Knives, follow us at, at Pack Knives, P A C K K N I V E S on Twitter. Tweeted this out last week after we taped Kevin. You know where Kevin Arnavitz and Tom Habershire stand. Did you like this Restaurant Wars format this year? And over 100 people voted. 62% no, said no. They did not like this year's Restaurant Wars format. So they are Team Kevin on this. And 38% said yes.
0: They liked yeah, I, the it, two it,
3: episodes with that setup.
0: Yeah, And just to clarify, like any Restaurant Wars is great television. I just – I like again, I don't want to relitigate it. But I, I just feel like the preordained – like I miss the – the discussion over how to conceptualize this thing. And and again, I'm, I'm with Mina. I don't need to see bullshit conflict, but I do like sort of the battle of wills because these are really competent, smart chefs. They each have competing visions sometimes when building the concept. And I enjoy that deliberation. Like I enjoy watching the jury in the jury room say, no, 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 we should do it this way. Or this is the logic and, and whatever.
4: Okay. Say one thing about the restaurant wars format, just because I didn't get to partake in that debate or whatnot. Um, I don't object to it. I do think, however, it's go- it fundamentally changes not only the challenge, but the way every person involved approaches it, in particular, the chefs who get to execute their visions. Gregory figured that out, right? Because if you're choosing these two chefs based on their concepts, one of them's going home. That's what like, the format does. You're putting basically everything into their hands and the other one's going to win, Right, so it sort of reduces or eliminates some of the suspense, but what that means is, like, if you're a chef like Gregory, you are, you're like, okay, I'm either winning or I'm going home here. I am going to build my team to execute to, per, to do everything possible to make me the winner because I'm going to win. And I think it, it just becomes very binary that way.
3: Yeah, my my analogy was he drafted for best fit rather than best talent available.
4: It was amazing. I loved it.
3: He was just like, you know what? Malarkey is my guy for front of the house. So that's my number one pick. And I know I work well with Stephanie. Um and Leanne I think yeah, Le Leanne, <laughs> Leanne the Expediter, Mina, did you love that? Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> that was a rough scene. Oh, I, I there's like I think there's like leadership lessons in that for all of us. Yes. The way Gregory went about building a seat. But everything comes back to the last dance these days I work at ESPN. It really, it's like it's a great model if you're Gregory.
0: Right. And also, <laughs> right? by like, the way, it wasn't like he was just benevolent, right? Like there's a point no. where they're trying to like get him to hurry. He's like, I'm not fucking going home for raw fish. Like everyone needs to chill. Like if we're late, yeah. we're late, you know? And I, and I love – that was one of my favorite moments because he's just such a – you know, again, a benevolent guy. But it, like you, you start putting him on the fire, no pun intended, and it's just like, no, motherfuckers, I'm not going home for raw fish. I love that moment. Love him. All right. Any closing thoughts? Yeah. Gr-
3: Gregory versus the field. M- Mina, you're going with the field there?
4: I- I'm stronger on Melissa than the yeah. rest of you, but I just, man, this is, like I said, it's Gregory's season to lose. And I'll be hard, I, I tweeted this, but like he should have won, he should not have won a season because I loved May, but that he ran into a buzzsaw, like so many other seasons he would have won, right? And should have won. And so that's why Top Chef All-Stars exists for a, a chef like him who deserved that W to get a, another shot.
3: He is at 63 Tom. points this season. Uh, no one else is higher than 44.
0: Yeah, he is I, just I, I always killing. take the field. I always take the field, but he has the best shot, I, I think, by a considerable margin. Like like kind of a, a 40, 18, 18, and then field or whatever.
3: Yeah, I'm taking Volta I'm, I'm not shorting Voltaggio. I'm I'm buying his stock right here. Um, It might be, it might be high after the win, but I have uh, Voltaggio and Melissa still on the team. Uh, Gregory, those are my three. Kevin, you got three and a half going right now.
0: Yeah, Um, the the ship be sinking. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like the ship, like it's it's fine. I've I I have I have conceded. I'm already rebuilding. I'm, I'm starting to pull people like DNP rebuild. But uh, <laughs> like we'll see. All right. Um, Mina, thank you so much. Yes.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm uh, glad to have this information that serves zero purpose in any <laughs> area of my life to, to be put to use.
0: For Tom Habistro, for Mina Kimes, this is Kevin Arnabets, and this is Pack Your Knives.